Hey guys, welcome to Learn Feng Shui, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. If you like weekly tips as well as fun folklore tales, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. guys, today I'm going to talk about focusing on the positives with feng shui. Alright guys, so I think it's only inevitable that you might start doing feng shui and you maybe learn a little bit um, and kind of deepen your knowledge about feng shui, you're really getting into it, but then you come across something that, you know, you look at within your home and you're like, oh my gosh, this is really bad in my house. Or, you know, you start looking at all these things and you're like, I have really bad feng shui. You know, should I move? Should I change everything? What do I do? You know, you can kind of mind trick yourself, uh, get yourself a little bit hype up and start looking at all the negative things within feng shui and about your home. So today we're going to talk about how to focus on the positive areas of your home. So when we're focusing on positive things, obviously, you know, like attracts like. So if you're focusing on negative things within your home and fixing all these negative things, then you're just focusing on negative energies. So if we're focusing on like, what is good about my house? What do I like about my house? And, um, you know, where do I spend the most time? Where's the best energy within my home and how can I tap into it? Then we're really going to amp up those good energies within our home. And that good energy that we're activating is going to negate that bad energy or some of the more negative sectors within our home. So today I'm going to talk about a few things we can focus on within our home to, you know, focus on these positive areas. All right, guys, so starting out with, let's kind of look at two different categories. So this, I would say, arguably, life can kind of be broken down into two different categories. And we can look at things that are within our control and things that are not within our control. So things that are with our in our control, let's start with that first. Um, your environment, your home environment is within your control. So you know, we might not always be able to uh, have a work environment that's ideal, pick a right office, you know, have a desk placement that's ideal. But within our home, we have the power to create whatever we want to in that space. So even if it's a thing where you're just renting a small room, your space, your room is within your control and you can add to the feng shui that is in your space. Remember, feng shui is just our environment. So you know, with our environment that we're able to control, looking at the positives within that is a good starting space. I'm going to kind of go just go over my list here of three different things you can focus on um, to look at the positives. So looking at what you like about your space, the area that you can control, what do you like about it? You know, think about the imagery we're putting in there, the symbolism, you know, is our stuff unorganized and cluttered? You know, can we enhance and reorganize and declutter somehow? What kind of imagery are we putting around us? Is it relaxing to us? You know, does it feel good? Is it nice? You know, I always kind of explain feng shui um, when someone asks what I do is, you know, have you ever gone into somebody else's home and it felt a certain way? You know, that is the vibe we're getting from a home where we're picking up energetically the feng shui contributes to all of that. So 
looking at the things we do like within our home, you know, how can we extend that out and expand that is the first question. So, you know, what do I like about my home? How can I enhance that even more to really love, you know, more areas of my home? How can I extend that out to love more areas? How can I make it functional for myself? And really focusing on what you can do as opposed to what you can't do looking at the things that are within our control. Point number two is that looking at the area that you spend the most time in can tell you a lot about where your focus is. So, you know, whatever area, sector, or why you are choosing to spend more time in can tell you maybe you're putting too much focus into a certain area of your life. So I'll just kind of take the North into example. So, you know, in certain styles of feng shui that represents your career. So you can kind of think of it like, you know, maybe your career is going really well and you're pretty happy with that aspect of your life, but maybe you feel like your relationship with your children need to be enhanced. So you could take it on over to the West or your children in creativity area or sector. And you can, you know, maybe look at what's there. Does it need to be some decluttering there? Is it an area that's not really used? Can you enhance it somehow? So, you know, can you spend more time there? You know, what's, what's going on there, right? So kind of looking at the life aspect area of it, um, depending on, again, the style of feng shui you practice can kind of show you and give you some insight into where your focus is. Alternatively, if you do practice classical feng shui and it is an area that has one of the yearly afflictions or yearly shaws and you realize you're spending a lot of time there, um, just take it on over to another area, right? If you don't like the flying stars that are there, you can sit in a different area of your home. You know, you can use the energy to your advantage as opposed to just saying like you feel like a victim to it. So you can choose where you focus. We can choose where we spend our time at within our home. So point number three about focusing on what you do control is geared more towards us of that practice a classical feng shui. So um, one of the things that I really noticed this month, because this month is the month that opposes the year, it is considered a clashing energy and it's, you know, just an opposing energy. So it's the animal sign of monkey for the month of August. And of course it opposes and sits directly across from the Zodiac animal for the year. So it is what is known as the soy po or the year breaker. So generally it's, you know, considered a month that could be a little tougher or all that jazz, right? So when I was looking through on some of the, you know, my feng shui peeps going, going in, um, not anyone I knew personally, so I'll just say that, but I saw a lot of things that were talking about, uh, you know, how it's a clashing energy and how we have to prepare ourselves. There's going to be all these world events, these Bad things are going to happen because it's the year breaker. Well, guys, I mean, I got news for you. It happens every year. Every year, there's opposing energies that come in and out. They come in, in, in and out every few days. I mean, come on. There's there's cycles of energy and you're going to have the clashing energy. But we don't need to create fear around that. I mean, to me, it's kind of like, you know, you can be aware of it. But there's a difference between um, focusing on the bad thing and focusing on, you know, like the good thing. So I'm, I really like, um, feng shui master Kevin Chan. I watched some of his monthly things. And one of the things he talked about this month is like, he kind of compared 
your focus to a car accident. And I really like that. So looking at, um, you know, when you come across a car accident, right, you come across an accident and either, you know, the perspective is different from every, for everybody. So you may just witness the accident and you may want to be nosy and you pass by and you're like, oh, you know, there's an accident. Let me see what's going on. Maybe you're just like, I just don't care. I want to get from point A to point B. Let me be safe and, you know, make sure I don't create another accident, right? Um, or you're the one that's involved directly in the accident. Maybe you caused the accident. So there's different points of focus within this clashing energy for everyone. Some people can be involved in this quote unquote accident and some people are exterior and it's, you know, just within the realm of our perception, right? So looking again at what we're focusing on for the month is really going to create different energies for us. So when we're focusing on those negative flying stars, we're focusing on the monthly shaws, you know, we're going to create this fear around feng shui and, you know, just enhancing the really good energies for the month. We have like doubled flying stars, you know, we have some really good energies coming in, looking at activating those energies are going to negate the more negative ones within our home. Flying stars are said to be activated by movement. So put movement in the area, you know, candle, fan, use the area. Um, and don't use the areas you don't want to activate flying stars. The movement is going to keep that, you know, movement and noise, right? It's going to keep that quiet. So if we look at that and then looking at the um, month, the shaws, the earth shaws, like our, our year break, or our soy po, or, you know, all those energies, um, we're going to be able to just avoid those super easily because those are activated by renovations. So as long as you don't renovate the areas that are having those earth shawls, you're going to be totally fine. So choosing your focus really comes in handy and focusing on the positive um, energies. Dude, just enhance that and you'll be good to go. All right. So what does happen if something is with not within your control. So say you've done a renovation, you feel like things just aren't really going right after that. Like you've had a lot of things mess up, you know, very unusual problems will be a big clue that maybe something was triggered or activated within the feng shui of your home that was not positive. So that may be a big clue or, you know, say you're just sitting there one day and you look out in your backyard and the city comes and digs up a big trench to fix the, you know, the plumbing or something, something weird, right? Uh, they're installing new equipment outside. So those are things that are, are not within our control. You know, um, another thing that isn't within, within our control is, you know, maybe we don't live in a home where we can change a lot of things. You know, um, one of the things you can control again, looking at the things you can control in that case, um, will kind of reshift your focus. But um, as far as like renovations and these triggers of big energy go, um, there's activations you can do to calm energy down within your home. Um, it's kind of too lengthy to explain here. Um, activating what are called the yearly nobles can help with that, but they need to be done in addition to date and time selection. So you had to, you had to kind of pair that together to get the maximum impact to calm that energy down. So again, and the other thing I think that to kind of focus on is if something is not within your control, with your environment, you live with roommates and they constantly have, you know, um, maybe there's strife there. Maybe you just can't change a lot of stuff and you want to add and enhance the feng shui of the home. You know, don't worry about encroaching in their space. Focus on your area, focus on your space. And again, taking the shift off of what you can't do into what you can do. It's going to make a big difference in how you approach feng shui.
So I think my takeaway from today, it really is about how you can empower yourself and how you can create good experiences for yourself using feng shui. Remember, you don't have to create fear around it. Feng shui is supposed to make you feel empowered and it's supposed to enhance your life. So if you're looking at all the negatives, you might be creating something negative in your life. If you look at the positives, that's what you're going to get more of. So speaking of the monkey energy, this Sui Po and the clash for the year, we're going to come back with a little Folklore Friday segment after this quick word from our sponsor, because let's not anchor. And Folklore Friday is going to be all about monkey symbology. Coming to us from ChinaHighlights.com, monkey Chinese zodiac sign, symbolism in Chinese culture. The monkey symbolizes cleverness in Chinese culture. The monkey is the ninth of the 12 animals in the Chinese zodiac. Many Chinese try to give birth in the year of the monkey as they believe that this will make their babies clever. It is said that if somebody says your child's like a monkey, it is perceived as praise. So I will say I have my middle son was born in the year of the monkey and he's definitely a character. <laughs> We do know that the Chinese love a good homonym, which is a word that sounds or looks like another word or another item. So it, monkey actually sounds like high official in Chinese. So the Chinese character for monkey is pronounced the same as the word high official. And the association dates back hundreds of years into feudal times. It says here, um, the imagery of a monkey is often seen as noble or nobility in ancient paintings. So the monkey hanging a seal on a maple tree symbolizes getting promoted to a high position with an official seal. A monkey riding on the back of a horse symbolizes getting promoted quickly. That's probably one of my favorites just because I, I think it's cute. <laughs> a monkey riding on the back of another monkey symbolizes maintaining a high official standing from one generation to another. The mythical monkey is supposed to be a protecting god. In traditional Chinese mythology, the monkey god is almost all-pervading and all-powerful, and images of the monkey god can be seen in many traditional settings as a talisman of protection. A child protecting monkey on kings. A stone-carved monkey with a red thread on his tail is often displayed on the kings or heated stone beds used for babies of households in rural Mongolia. So according to ancient beliefs, the stone monkey blesses the baby with peace and the baby will be very capable and efficient when he or she grows up. So it is also said that a stone monkey for protecting horses is used. So almost every village has its own post for tying horses to in certain provinces during ancient times. So with the monkey statue, it would be carved on top of the post that you tie your horse to. It is said that the monkey talisman would protect the horses from disease and even death. So it is said that in year, like the year of the monkey, like 2016 was, many Chinese will go to see monkeys in hopes of receiving good luck. And there's many different places in China to actually go and go to these monkey and visit these monkeys. So I do know in some areas they are considered pests and sometimes that they, you know, kind of overrun areas and they'll go 
uh, you know, kind of go wild. So I don't know. What do you think about the monkey? Um, I always see him as a little bit mischievous, but I do love monkeys. I think they're so clever and cute. For free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.